Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast on the TV show. Uh, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. What's the wrong yeah. discovery again? one? Hmm. No, don't I start. I'll keep it. it. No. No, maybe <laughs> at the end. They're both Star Trek. Yes, we're watching some Star Trek shit. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so are we, so we going to start a new recording? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Because no, we'll it's like, I kept this. <laughs> no. We'll put it at the end or something. All right. Mm-hmm. Coming in in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tusk and Chad Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing okay. I've got my gin. I've got my fluffy stuffed unicorn. Well, my girlfriend's fluffy stuffed unicorn. And, um, yeah, ready to talk about some Bajoran stuff. Yes, two two very intense singular episodes. Indeed. People go through some shit. Yes. Well, one is Bajoran stuff. One is Julian suffering. Yes, everybody suffers. Yeah, so much suffering. Uh, well, you got O'Brien suffering, definitely Cisco suffering. I think everybody's gonna crack, right? More, yeah. Dax very nearly dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, Morn was fine. He just pretended. Cork was to suffering. Be yes. <laughs> In the most Cork way possible. Money. And with us as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? Uh, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm just over here, kind of chuckling to myself because uh, Ben, before you started uh, the countdown. For us to start, uh, you were doing this like you're doing like this kind of half-assed cough, and it reminded me of reminded me of how Dan from Game Grumps is re- is reading the character Cami Koopa in their playthrough of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god, I literally just watched their newest episode today, and this is what I've been getting. <laughs> so I was just like, yay. <laughs> I keep almost seeing Aaron Hansen just because there's a lot of people in LA who look like Aaron Hansen. So there's a lot of times I'm like, Aaron, no. Like, never mind. No. I'll run into Aaron one day, I swear. I promise. And I'll let you know. And I'll scream at you, like, from across, like, halfway across the country. (laughs) I will. Speaking of video games, I, uh, uh, my only update is that in Stardew Valley, I have now married. I had a lesbian wedding. Yay! Yay! Married Abigail. Now I'm rich, so my life is going way better in Stardew Valley than the real world. Aww. So if the real world could catch up, I'd appreciate it. It would be mm. great. Um, and I wish you could make <clears throat> fake video game money into real money, because oh, I'm so good at making fake money. I'm not good Bitcoin? at making real money, but I'm really great at making fake money. I've got a great <laughs> wine business going on in that game now. It's great. Nice. I'm basically living my, my lesbian dream of like living on a farm and making wine. It's like the best excellent oh oh no dude like okay not 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 that not that like you know the means to the to this end i would want but like i i remember i remember playing um grand theft auto 5 and like i figured out a way to like to like after 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 like after some of the first few uh story missions get so much money like that it's like i i don't want to i don't want to commit the crimes to get that kind of cash but dear lord i wish it was that easy just pressing a few buttons and boom Mm-hmm. I remember in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, uh, the way I figured out how to get a bunch of money was uh, there was one house you could buy that was near like a bookie and you could always go and then I would just put all my money on like a horse with very low odds and every once in a while they would win 
And then I would just keep doing that until I was like a millionaire. So like that's how nice. I did it. Or it's like so that's my 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 fantasy is always just to like rewind and be like lottery tickets. All right, there we go, <laughs> yep. and done. And my life's perfect now. <clears throat> At least I hope so. I'd probably just spend it all on more video games, <laughs> you know, Criterion releases. Anyways, we're here to talk about uh, some much seriouser stuff. We're talking about some suffering this episode. We're talking about season six, episodes 17 and 18, which are Wrongs Darker Than Death or Night, which is a very Star Trek Discovery title. Indeed. And yep. Inquisition. So first up is Wrongs Darker Death Not Blah Blah, exactly. Well, O'Brien has suffered this season, so it's time for our seasonal Kira Learns the Bajoran Struggle Was Really Fucked Up episode. Kira decides to honor what would have been her mom's birthday with a collection of Bajoran lilacs. Suddenly, she's hit with Goldukat's first round of attacks, making her question her mother's loyalty. Real tight plan to take down the Bajorans there. Ducat. He reveals that he and her mother apparently had a long time affair. She tries to investigate but cannot dispute Ducat's claim. So she asks Sisko to allow her to consult the Bajoran orb of Holy shit, time travel is weird. Win the Bajoran lottery while you're there. Oh, it probably didn't exist under Cardassian rule. Good point. Yes, she goes back in time and meets Maru, her mother, in a Bajoran prison camp. Both of them are taken to be comfort women for the Cardassians. They are taken to Terak Nor, where Maru is tempted by all the food and comfort she's been denied her whole life. During a real gross Hollywood party, oh, I mean Cardassian party, Maru is hassled by a Cardassian, but Dukat stops it and claims her for his own. This episode grosses me out. Nerys tries to keep Maru away from Dukat, but she is conflicted. Maru misses her family, but the comfort of a good life is too much to bear. She does indeed become Dukat's mistress, and when Kira tries to break in to see her, she is thrown into the Bajoran ghetto on the station. Nerys meets with the local resistance leader, Halb, who calls Maru a traitor, but Nerys doesn't want to believe it. She is summoned to meet with Maru and is disgusted that Maru loves Dukat. Angry, Nerys calls her a collaborator and storms out. She meets again with Halb, who asks her to smuggle in a bomb that cannot be disarmed into Dukat's quarters. He reminds her that she can't tell Maru about the device or the plan could fail, which means she could easily die, to which Kira, technically Nerys, is like, fuck it, I'll just kill my mom. God, this got dark. Kira works her way back into the chambers and arms the bomb, but as she leaves, she sees Maru watching a message from her father, Taban, who knows of the affair, but forgives Maru for what she must do because now Kira and her brother will have food and medicine. Nerys also sees how torn up Maru is from this, and she decides to save her life, and warns her and Dukat of the explosion, of which they both survive. At this moment, she wakes up at home, knowing that what Dukat said was true. She talks with Sisko and admits she hates her mother for what she did, but she couldn't kill her, because, you know, she's her mom. Oh, and Kira's soul is crushed a little more. What do we think of wrongs darker than death or night? This makes Ducat's crush on Nerys even creepier. Oh, oh, oh God. God. I, oh, I literally yeah. did not consider that until that I moment. I didn't either. Oh, my God. Uh, this is this is like some Peter Baelish shit. Uh, yeah. Good call. Good oh. call. Really good call. And she looks a lot like her mom, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Boy. Hey, feast no. for bros. You made this already gross episode, like, like purposely gross. I want to make that clear, but like this purposely gross episode, even grosser. Hey, like, feast for bros! You're when, you come, when you come back, bring up this deep, bring up this Geek Space Nine episode. Right. I might. I might. <clears throat> oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, I actually uh, think this episode will come out before the next Feast for Bros episode, though. <laughs> oh, it will. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Not till April 2018. My God. 2019, 2019 my in fact. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, good. I have plenty of time to catch up on like 25 hours worth of television. Oh, you have just so do, much time. Exactly. If you do one a week, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Just, I just got to knuckle down and do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that you were referencing um, the Senator Palpatine video, right? Oh, totally. Yes. Of course. Good. Of course. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I just, love Palpatine. Just want to be clear. He's, yes. Uh, he's probably the greatest character in all of fiction. Um, so I'm curious what you guys thought about this episode because... Usually I do like Akira, who's reminded that things are fucked up with her past life. But this was just, like, a little much for me. Like, and it gets to, like, the whole, like, how tiny is this universe? That, like, Dukat, of all people, slept with her mom. It just was, like, a little, it was a little much to me. It's getting a little, like, uh, does everybody in Star Wars know everybody? You know, kind of thing? Like, mm. I don't know. But where did you guys stand on this episode? I, I agree it was a little much, but out with the context of the story, I thought it was well told. I mean, yeah, it, you know, outside of the context that. of, you know, the season, the show. Yeah, I How about you, Peter? No, I, I I would have to agree with that. Like, it, just taking the episode by itself, like, I was like, it's like, okay, you know, this is a good story. Yes, you know, we did not need Kira to be beaten over the head again and like so brutally and like and like this is the most personal like hey kira your world is fucked up episode that we've gotten and it's just like wow did we need to take it there in this kind of way i don't know but uh i i will i will say like just that little tidbit of 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 ducat that we got in the beginning where he was like i know something about your mother like yeah, it is a a weird way to like have the, to have this be kind of the first time that you make your presence known again, but it does make sense that Kira would be the person he goes after. Right, right. And why he's held on to it for so long. So long. Mm-hmm. Probably because now that I'm thinking about it, Sarah's right. He wanted to bang her and he thought that was just a little too weird to even bring up. He kind of knows that it's that weird that he banged their mom. Yeah. Adding no, I, I I can agree with what you're saying, Sarah, because I think Maru is a good character, and I think she yeah. has a very interesting dilemma. Uh, and Kira always hates collaborators and is very black and white about them, so I understand what they were going for. Yes. I guess maybe it just would have been better if it was just a different Cardassian, or I don't know, just somebody other than Ducat. Maybe I agree yeah. it does make it creepier that Ducat's obsession with her, but like. The, the smallness of it just bothers me. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah. It, no, I get that absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like it's like my issue with Degrassi, like that like that show that we all mm. those show that we've all at least <laughs> yeah. we've all at least seen one episode of where the, where like where you know all of the things that could possibly happen to anyone who is in some kind of like bad relationship, dysfunctional family, shitty student, gay or just non straight, sex, whatever happens to the same group of twenty people every time. Yeah, there's a good episode of community about that where all the background characters are like you six people fuck up everything like everything happens to <laughs> you and only you and it's like this whole bit about meta bit about sitcoms and how like you know brooklyn 99 has a bit about that too like they're in an entire police station but it only matters about these six you know cops or whatever right um and community had a whole bit where like there was like a 
like a like a war between them and like the background characters. It was very nice. Cool. Oh my gosh, this is just giving me like this. This makes me even makes me feel even worse for like not having not having seen this show yet. Oh, it's really what good. I mean, I don't want to like be like totally on the it's perfect train, but it does a lot of pretty pretty great stuff right. and it's worth watching. But um, yeah. uh, it, but anyways, to get back to my uh point yeah it's it's that smallness that can that can bother me particularly in something like this and i think you could have still done this episode with us a random cardassian but i get you want to have Donald god he's such a great actor and you want mark alamino there and like i get why you want to bank on people you already know and establish and then relationships already established so i get why they did it but i just think it's like it's it's a little frustrating but i think maru's struggle is great i think the idea of someone who who genuinely feels bad about being basically a prostitute to uh cardassian but in return her family gets to live safely and she's not gonna die and her family's probably not gonna die now and like what is the value of that and using like the one power you might have as being an attractive bajoran woman like it's either that or you know maybe something even worse so it's like at least it's not the worst possible version but it is still gross and horrible and i think it's nice that they make it very gross and horrible (laughs) they don't shy away that it is uh very disgusting yeah i appreciate it much like the rest of the show and much like we've commented this most definitely falls deep into the moral gray area so like it's gross but damn does this fall right up our alley for everything that we know about deep space nine mm-hmm and once again, like we keep coming back with Deep Space Nine, it's frustratingly relevant as always because it's like all these the way that they're interacting with these Bajoran women. Oh yeah, is all the at, versions. oh yeah, at the party. Yeah, it's just like so much of like the same stories you hear from like these Hollywood predators, and it's just like things don't fucking change, man. <laughs> like fucking Deep Space Nine keeps bringing up these things that we're like, and this is still a huge problem today. Yeah, yeah. they are very, very depressingly good at that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because in a lot of ways, unfortunately, the same Hollywood big head, big wigs who were in charge 20 years ago are still there now. So it's true. Yeah. True. At least yeah. some of them are starting to be called out for it. Thank for sure. God. At last. For sure. So one hopes that it's going to be better, but, you know, it's tough to say. Right. Yeah. Clearly, Star Trek was hoping it was going to be better, and then it wasn't. Because reality. That's a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. It's a lot of like, by this point, we'll be so far in the future. Though they Mm -hmm. also thought by the 90s, there'd be a giant eugenics war. So sometimes they were wrong in the right way. So that's good. There was the, the best war in the 90s was mostly boy bands. Don't at me. All right. Um, Uh,. Just one quick note, uh, you Sarah, when you were watching, you're like, "Kira's mom's hot." I was like, "Who was that actress?" Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Terry Bauer on Twenty Four. So if you ever oh, watched Twenty Four, wow. she was uh, she was the first wife who got uh, got killed in the first season. Yikes. Spoiler alerts for like a twenty year old show, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's like ah, that's where I know her from. Her, her husband. So anyways, just cool. like a long time. Her husband. Her husband goes in to work one day and she's killed in that same span of twenty four hours. Boom! Oh my god, that sucks. Yeah, it's first season. Not good. Yeah. yeah. I always joked that I wanted him to, uh, they would never do it, but I wanted him to solve the problem in just 17 and a half hours, you know? Oh, that would be great. And then, and then just the next five hours is just like him sleeping because like, he's just exhausted, you know? Like, yeah, like, I always wanted him to like, because it's always exactly 24 hours. It's just like he's very efficient about his day, but uh, 
you know, well, for once, I wanted just to be done a little early. You yeah, know, he got it handled. Yeah, he, he's done it. He's done in 17 and a half hours and he takes 45 minutes to get some food. And then the rest of the time, he's just like, I need a nap. And his wife is just like, OK, honey. One hour is just watching an hour of Law and Order, you know, while he watches it. Dun, dun, know, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about this episode. What do you guys have any other notes? Um, Not really. Um, I'm- nothing relevant. I just have, I want to go to a Dax party. Mm, at the very yeah. beginning when she was trying to convince Worf to let her have a party in their quarter. <laughs> and and the fact that they get that big is like super impressive like it's like oh 70 80 people yeah all like drunk having a good time dancing i'm just like i'm sorry wharf what in the world makes this sound like a bad thing to you unless it is something that happens all the time and you just want you know a weekend to yourself that's fine i totally get that but at the same well, time but also what's wrong with the party it's true that said i will say that dax seems like and, and I mean this in a very sex-positive way, Dax seems like the person who's really chill with all her ex-lovers, so I feel like a lot of them would be there, you know? And uh-huh. it would be just a little weird for Worf, you know what I mean? I didn't, I yeah. didn't think of that. That's true. She just seems like she'd be like, yeah, we fucked, it's cool, whatever, who cares, Worf? And he'd be like, Ugh, mm-hmm. damn it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. But I agree, also, a Dax party would be pretty legit. Yes. And also just one more little thing. Um, it was made quite clear in this episode that uh, Norris is still pretty religious, just in that, you know, I'm not asking, you know, my captain, you know, for leave to go to Bajor. I'm asking the emissary to let me go look at the Orb of Time. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I just I like that religion can still be a thing, more specifically, a positive thing. Yeah. Even in the future, because like, of course, you know, Bajorans, you know, they have, you know, space travel and they, you know, they've seen the wormhole. They at least recognize that the prophets are probably aliens that just happen to live in the wormhole or whatever. But she she hasn't let go of her belief. And I think that's cool, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And no, absolutely. And to like to like kind of connect that, I this is like super this like superhero nerd bit that I'm bringing in. But whatever. I forget which um, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie it was. I, it was it was it was probably like it was probably like the, the Avengers, I think. But um, but it it was it was like a comment that uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, made to someone where they were like, "Do you believe this?" and "Do you believe this?" and he and he, and, he, and he was and he was like and he was like, "I've seen I've seen Thor and Loki, a god like gods fall out of the sky. I'm still praying to my god. It's fine." Mm, this is true. Oh, true? I didn't see that film. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I honestly forget which one it was. But, but I, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I may be completely and absolutely off base. But I do remember him making a comment like that. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, see, well, it's interesting how who's, writers who's, who's, who's like stable in his beliefs. This is true. It's interesting how like writers will like write religion into like all religions are right. Like American Gods does that as well. Oh yeah, yeah, in yeah. A very interesting way. Uh. Because like I don't think you've watched American Gods, Peter, but just to explain. I've seen to you, uh, you know, yeah, I, audience, I have an idea. You see some, right? Just to explain the yeah. audience then that like, uh, in in that universe, gods exist as long as people believe in them still. So like, and the more they believe in them, the more power they have. And I thought that was a very interesting way of dealing with religion. Yeah, we like, yeah, and create I, gods into existence and keep them alive, which is kind of how that game Black and White worked too, which was a great game. Yeah, and and, and, and like and like for the example of Jesus in in, in American Gods, there's like there's like several versions of Je- several versions of Jesus, and he's exactly, like, and he's like yes, all races. Yes. 
Yeah, there's like a Mexican great. Jesus. There's a baby Jesus. There's a black Jesus. There's, you know, your, I guess, in America, stereotypical white Jesus or right. whatever. But they're they're all there and they're all represented re- represented because people believe in all of them. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. And on our, on our other show, Star Trek Discovery, we did a, two episodes on, on the Orville. And we talked about how that show is very atheistic and thinks that religion is dumb, like, for frankly. Um, and it's the one thing I think he really misses about Star Trek, yeah, is that it is more accepting of religion. And I do agree with you, Sarah, that it is nice that, it, uh, you know, it, a lot of science fiction is very atheistic and mm-hmm. somewhat intensely so. And I like that. Kira, you're right, is still religious and still values mm. religion and prayer and um, and the importance of religion, even if, like you said, you can go visit the gods anytime you want, but like, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it destroys your idea of faith yeah. or why you and, want to believe in something. And to take it a bit further, I, I, I like that uh, most specifically this, this show, Deep Space Nine, represents it in both a positive and a negative light. Like you have the more uh, positive version of the Bajoran faith, like Kira or perhaps Vedic Burial. Uh, but then you also have um, Kai Wen, who, you know, it's clear that she does really believe in everything that she's preaching, as it were. But she's also kind of some uses her power to do bad things occasionally. Yeah, right. And yeah. that is a very real thing that happens in, you know, real world religions. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's good to have an equal representation, if you will. And it also talks about the way that religion changes. There was that episode, remember, where the prophet, the, the writer came back and he wanted them to go right. back to the caste system. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it's the way that, like, you know, we, we now understand science and know that there are billions and billions of galaxies and the Earth is just one spiny speck in the universe. But people are still Christian and Buddhist and, you know, Hindu. And obviously there are people who don't believe in science and don't and mm-hmm. just believe in the religion. But I have a relative who... like that. Yes. And, and he homeschools his children and teaches them science. And I'm like, well, actually, I guess they're they're in college now. So one of them one is hopes. studying to be a doctor. So I'm hoping that, you know, my nephew will be cool about it. But whatever. <laughs> Yeah, there's always going to be that, but at the very least, uh, I think that the fact people can still be very religious and understand science is telling that that's probably what will happen if we go into space. You know, I think it'll be Mm -hmm. the same. And we meet other races and everything. Mm -hmm. That said, it'll probably be religious people who try to kill them, too. So, I mean, there's always going to be that. (laughs) Probably. Yes. Well... Let's move on to Inquisition. Speaking of sort of religious, this is not so much religious as much as spooky X-Files Inquisition. Dr. Bashir is excited because he gets to go to a sexy medical conference the next day. Okay, the conference isn't sexy, but it's on Casperia Prime. But before he goes, he once again has to fix up O'Brien, who's dislocated his shoulder again while kayaking in the hollow suite. He reminds him to take it easy as it'll be sore for a while and very important for the twist of this episode. Got it, audience? Bashir wakes up exhausted the next morning, as if he's barely slept. All the senior officers are called for a meeting with Sloan, the deputy director of Starfleet Internal Affairs. He reveals that someone aboard is a Dominion spy. The doctor's trip is cancelled, and everyone is confined to quarters. The doctor is summoned to speak with Sloan, who offers him a very easy questions, but mentions how he was in a Cardassian prison camp when he was replaced with a changeling. Since everyone's replicator was turned off for safety, Bashir asks to have scones and jam delivered to his room, but instead gets a plate full of yummy gach meant for Worf. 
O'Brien contacts Julian and reveals that he was questioned for hours by Sloane, but all the questions were about Bashir, meaning he must be the real target of the investigation. Bashir is called again to Sloane, but this time it's a much harsher interrogation, where he brings up all the times he made a choice like a telltale game making you feel bad, including when he tried to cure the Jim'Hadar of their addiction to white, or when he and a group of enhanced humans said they should just surrender to the war, or that whole line about his genetic enhancements for years. Sloan suggests that when he was in prison, he was persuaded to become a Dominion spy, but used his special brain to repress these memories, allowing himself to think he was loyal. Bashir denies this, but Sloan has him taken through the promenade in handcuffs. Sisko speaks with Sloan as Bashir's advocate, but Bashir cracks, admitting he probably would have never told anyone about his enhancements if he wasn't found out first. Even Sisko begins to sl believe Sloan might be right. Sloan has Bashir moved to another starbase in secret, but during the, during the move, he is beamed aboard a Dominion ship, where he is met by the shitting grin of Wayun. Wayun confirms that Sloan is right, and that Bashir has just repressed his memory of being a spy. He reveals he reasoned with Bashir that the war was unwinnable, and that he convinced him to help the Dominion so the war would end quickly and save lives. He even brings up Bashir's treasured scones, and reveals they are the food he offered him first when they talked, and they should re-trigger his memory. Bashir decides to go full tinfoil and decides Sloane and Wayun are trying to discredit him for some reason, when Kira and Worf beam aboard and take him back to the Defiant. Sisko demands an explanation, and now that he was found in a Dominion ship, everyone believes he really is a traitor. Bashir tries to get Miles on his side, but when he grabs what should be his bad shoulder, Miles easily brushes it off. He catches O'Brien in a lie and realizes no one is their real version. The world melts away to reveal Bashir has been a hollow sweet since waking up, and that Sloane was the only real person. He reveals to Bashir that it was a test to see if Bashir was really compromised, and that he works for Section 31, a secret arm of the Federation that has been around since its inception, that works without orders or reports, and is given free reign to discover and eliminate those who would take down the Federation. Despite basically saying they were this close to killing him, Sloane offers Bashir a job, but Bashir refuses, saying he will expose them, to which Sloane says, nice try, Dingus, and knocks him out. Bashir relates his experience to the crew, and notes that by timing up his capture with the conference, they gave themselves the perfect alibi. Sisko notes he cannot find any record of Section 31, and Starfleet neither confirms nor denies their existence. He says that if Sloane comes back to recruit Bashir this time, they will be ready for him. Also, Scully doesn't believe Merlder, but the truth is out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, what did you guys think of Inquisition and Perfect Time? <laughs> okay. okay, so I think I, I remember watching. I forgot. I forget what it was called. Um, what what was the episode of the first of the first James Bond episode that that we had with Bashir? It was so Our Man Bashir. Our Man Bashir. So part of me is thinking that this is that this is what my friend Steve actually meant. When I when I asked him because because I remember watching Iron Man Bashir with him, um, I think this is what he actually meant when I said, "Are we going to get Spy Bashir again?" I I, I th be, like ah. yeah because no, because yeah. because this is a friend who like knows the show and and who knows the show and and actually will be very very excited about um what our next episode is going to be um so he would of course like know like he would of course like be very well aware yeah it like two three seasons from now. Then you're gonna get the then you're gonna get the Julian is a spy in like real intro. So that's kind of cool to like think back to and be like, oh, that's what you meant. 
Mm, nice. I like it. Yeah, this episode is interesting because, you know, he's like, oh, you can play spy. Uh, but this is two very different kind of spies. Yeah, you know? very yes. different. This is... This is John le Carré spy. This is like the world makes no sense and we do horrible things so that other people like can be safe and you don't really want to know how the sausage is made kind of spy. Like this oh is God, like the yes. dark, broody, Tinker Tailor soldier spy kind of spying movie, uh, which is why I think Bashir is not into it. You know, it's not sexy ladies and, uh, and, and, and rollicking doomsday adventures. It's, you know, finding traitors and murdering them quietly. It's not yeah. exactly it's the like, real deal hot erotic work but uh i really enjoyed this episode quite a bit it, i love a good twisty turny episode i love a good sort of paranoid conspiracy thing and i love section 31 i think it's a really fucking weird crazy not very gene roddenberry ish but you know makes kind of sense idea that this this secret federation uh program has been around forever i thought that was really kind of crazy and interesting but uh what'd you guys think how about you sarah yeah, I agree. I uh, I I just as soon as quote Wei Yun beamed Julian aboard his ship, I I took a note saying this is some holodeck bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> and sure enough, it was. Bullshit. I knew, <laughs> I knew, I did, and uh, I was I was very pleased to be right. And uh, my my final note uh, was uh, my hot take from this episode is fuck the government. <laughs> Basically, yeah, secret societies that just quietly go in and murder people they think are traitors. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I can understand it's just a pisses off some Star Trek people. It's one of those like game breaking things, you know, where uh-huh. it's like that the Federation, which is all about peace and understanding and or so a we better think. future. From the very beginning, had a organization where they're like, but eventually we have to murder some people. That because they were just humanity. Like, yeah, like eventually we're just gonna have to kind of murder some people. I mean, I mean, it's... and it's like, yeah, and I, I think that's what makes the episode, I think, interesting. It's like it, it, it does have to reckon with that. Uh, I don't know, which I find fascinating. But how about you, Peter? No, yeah, I, okay, so. I I, I I call I called them thinking that Bashir that Bashir could be you know like that, that Bashir could be the mole whatever when, when it's like why is he just getting these lob ball questions like oh I just want to talk about your experience oh my gosh I am so impressed by you I love that you're a doctor ooh and I was like why is like if you're really questioning everyone why is why is this what you ask him did not call the hollow sweet part until like like for, like for for me for me it wasn't when Wei Yun um be- beamed Bashir aboard the ship it was more when it was more when Kira and Worf be- beamed aboard because I was like because yeah, I was, cause I was like how like, are they so able mean. to de- beam themselves abo- aboard a Jim Hadar ship how True. did they pull that off but no but no um with with, with, sec- with section 31 with section 31 it uh and like the like the deep like the deep dark underbelly it's kind of like what you said uh ben like you know don't 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 ask us in the sausage like but 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 for me i kind of relate it more to retail since that's the world i exist in with, with my hmm. job uh don't a- do not do not do not ask us how the stock room looks because i can guarantee you even if it is clean even if it's clean and put together it's still a mess the floor may look perfect but the back does right. not Right, right. There's always the, there's always the disgusting uh, water behind the uh, Colso Creamery where we dip our uh, scoops. <laughs> reminding me of that. You don't, don't want to see it. Never eat there again. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's 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 very true. And just to to say my own version of that uh, of how I saw the twist in this episode, I definitely figured it was he was under interrogation when he sent him the wrong food and he was tired. I was like, those are classic interrogation moves, you know, like you wake him up too early, you get him tired, and then you don't feed him. You get like a hungry, tired person, and they're gonna like you know start not thinking right. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. definitely like he's getting fucked with. Um, that said, I didn't figure out it was them until the scones. I was like, scones? Really? Like, exactly? Like, this is too mm-hmm. much. That's a little too That's a little too neat. You know what I mean? A little too on the that nose. That's the exact same food that he ordered earlier. Like, that's a little like, you You were like, ah, oh, he likes scones. We'll make Wayun do the scones. You know what I mean? That feels programmy. So, But I mm-hmm. like that. I like the way it was slowly revealed. And certainly felt for me when Jan Z. It was such a dick when he came back. I was like, oh, come on. Jan Z. would help him out. Like, the why did you try do it, yeah. Julian? Yeah, she was just so mean. I was like, there's no way. Jen like, Zia, unnecessarily Jen Zia is too much of a good friend. so. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, for 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 a group, for an organization or a group that like just has all the resources to do whatever the hell it wants, which I'm sorry, that just even for for the federation itself as a whole, that just sounds dangerous having an entire group that can do whatever they want. That's that that's that is giving the that is giving the keys to like a child who you know can like just destroy you in an instant. I'm sorry, that's dangerous. That's but unfortunately, it's been a f- it's been a few hundred years, so there ain't much they can do now. You're stuck with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, and again, it's the sort of thing we saw with uh, uh, the Obsidian Order, right? Where they like decided, ah, fuck the government, we're gonna do our own coup, and it's like, uh, that's kind of what you might happen. Dot dot dot. If you let the place run itself maybe mm-hmm. eventually they're going to decide that they know better than you and then they want to be in charge you know yeah. so yeah don't have uh people in nazi uniforms just ever really that's just like as soon as they were wearing nazi uniforms it was like, oh, oh yeah it's all no, black yeah not not good yeah not good bad you should walk into that place and go nope bad nope nope closing mm-hmm. it down no, yeah, no, 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 whatever's happening here it's bad no, 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 what, 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 what they what they should do is that is that scene from start from star wars the force awakens when uh when kylo ren is having his temper tantrum and the two stormtroopers walk around the corner and they just see like an explosion and like something fall something like fly out the door and they just turn around they're like nope Nope, go the other way. Go the other nope. way. Turn back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, William Sadler in this. He played Sloane. Oh, he was um, great. He is uh, a great heavy from like 80s and 90s action movies. Recently, he was the president in Iron Man 3 and some other MCU movies. Um, That's but I most why I recognized him. Yeah, but I most know him from Die Hard 2, where he was the bad guy, and famously has a scene where he does naked Tai Chi. So that what? is in mm. that is in Die Hard 2. I recommend Googling it. It's uh, something. <laughs> Thank you so, very much. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those great, you know, sort of 80s and 90s heavies. Uh, we just uh, love those kind of character actors, people like him and like Michael Ironside and people like that. Um He's a blast in this episode. He's great. I, I kind of hope Sloane comes back at some point because he's a really interesting yeah. Uh, now, now that they've introduced him, they have to bring him back. It definitely felt like they were planning on it, right? Because it's like they had the whole like, we'll trap him next time. We'll get him, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Sloane Sloan seems slippery. I don't think they could just nail him, you know? He's his own yeah. He's his own definition of smarmy. Yeah, that's true. He is kind of Wayunish in a way. Speaking you know? of smarmy, my first note was Wayun <laughs> because he showed up like guest starring Jeffrey Coombs as Wayun. I was just like, yeah, he's gonna be in this episode. 
I'm so happy. <laughs> Smarm incoming. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. You probably could have predicted that twist just from the guest starring. True. True. <laughs> That's funny. I told Katie yeah. about how much I wanted um, Brunt and Wayun to be on screen <laughs> together. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. So much sass. It's, I don't know if it could contain itself. Like, I know. I, but I want it so bad. It's like, I don't know how, like, I feel like we're going to reach maximum wholesomeness for this movie that was just announced that's going to star Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Like, that's just, like, how can you even watch that movie and not die, like, of wholesomeness? I -hmm. feel like it's going to be a a nuclear bomb of wholesomeness that will just destroy the world. Suffocation. (laughs) Suffocation wholesomeness. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cry a whole lot. I know. And you, I, I read what it was about. It's about this article, which you can read online. Of this guy in 1998 who was like, ah, it's Mr. Rogers. He's such bullshit. He's so pandering. And he went to like go meet Mr. Rogers and like nail him. And Mr. Rogers basically taught him like why being nice is great and good for humanity. And like it's the best thing I've oh, ever read. It's awesome. My God. It's so good. Aww. Okay. It's like... Okay. No. See this. Th- that just reminds. This, that just reminds me of of a Tumblr post that I saw that of, 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 that I saw. Um, it was it was like it's it's like a total like hypothetical situation, but it but it involves um it involves Mister Rogers talking uh talking with Thor and Mjolnir, basically te- basically teaching them how to be nice and and how to be nice and 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 like and, talk, and talking to talking to Mjolnir who like who by itself comes to Mr. Rogers itself and basically, and basically saying like, you know, yes, there's a time to fight, but you can also do this. And yes, and yes, Mjolnir, I realize you are a hammer meant for destruct meant for destruction, but you can, but you can also be used to build and how and how and how Thor and how Thor and Mjolnir be, go go on to go on to become like the most badass boss ass habitat for habitat for humanity volunteers in existence. And I was like That's amazing. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That's great. Now we just need Mr. Rogers as a plot device in every science fiction thing he would end the dominion war he would just be he would just nice them all to mm-hmm. getting along oh my god and is mr the, is the mr rogers show on netflix or hulu or anything like that because i would I watch the heck out of it i don't know i watched a ton of clips on youtube and stuff like that but uh yeah i don't know i can't watch more than 10 like like 10 minutes because i just start crying there's one True. that's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to start crying now when I think about it. But there's one where, like, he had a, a disabled uh, kid on the oh episode. Oh, my God. And then uh, yeah. that disabled kid showed up for, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award he won. And it's the sweetest thing. As soon as he sees him wheel out, Mr. Rogers gets out of his chair and runs up to the stage to give him a hug. And you just, like, start weeping. Like, oh. Oh. It's the craziest. Yeah, it's amazing. Ah. The world is worse off without him and Bob Ross. Much darker. I've watched so much Bob Ross lately, it's like become a new problem for me. It's just like so Man, I watched Bob Ross God all coming. the time as a kid. Like I couldn't draw for shit and I didn't always really try, but just something about Bob Ross <laughs> made my childhood better. Just really it's makes crazy. you want to try anyway. Right? Cause he just like he just does taps and then he's like a perfect tree and you're like, What? What? Mm-hmm. what? And 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 you're and what you're magic? and you're sitting there like, how do I do that? But me, but meanwhile, he's just like, it doesn't matter if you don't get it just right. Do it matters is that you try, just do your best. And you're just like, oh, I will do my best, please. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he'll just say one thing about his life, and you're like, what? Like, because he'll just be mm-hmm. watching. He'll be like, I watched one where he's like, 
I was in the army and they sent me to Alaska. And I was like, what are you talking about? You were in the army. More. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just gets back to happy little trees and you're like, what <laughs> was your life? Um, yeah. Anyways, back to this episode. <laughs> we had a good mm-hmm. pop the rails discussion. Um, it's fine. But yeah, I just, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I do like, this is the kind of like picking at the Federation stuff I like. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is, this can be kind of interesting. I get it. This episode really pisses some people off, but I do think genuinely it's like, you know, it's, it's tough to fucking live in a world where like everything is peaceful. It's very, very hard. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's genuinely kind of fascinating this episode. Um, and I do hope Sloan comes back. So I guess that's where I'll end it. Do you guys have anything else to say for this episode? Uh, other than saying moral gray intensifies. Um, this is like <laughs> this is like just total. So true. This is like just total selfish comment. Um, so 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 when so when Bashir is brought out is brought out of the whole like hologram thing and and Sloan, and Sloan is standing Sloan is standing there. The guys behind him. The guy to the guy to the guy on our left. Sloan's right was hot. Ah. Oh, that's it. I didn't notice him. That's mm. all I gotta say. He was hot. Yeah, it's those it's those Nazi coats, man. Sometimes they work. For- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a real problem. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we've learned that Kira's mom was hot, and we've learned that uh, one uh, section 13, 31 guy is pretty hot. So yeah. there, that's where we're at. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Moral of the story. I thought Bashir looked pretty cute this episode too. I don't know. His hair was really doing it for me this episode. I think it was on point. It, it was really it good was. this episode. I even I noticed that. Yeah, I don't know. He's just looking really attractive. I think maybe this is, is since it was one of his own episodes, it, it really did him up. But mm-hmm. I thought he was looking real good. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that has been our episode. Next week we'll be discussing season six, episode nineteen and episode twenty, which are in the pale moonlight and his way. As he always, I want to thank the pale moonlight. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. I, I... Someone's thinking of. Me. I'm sorry. No, no. See, well, see, Sarah, I went with Batman '89. Have you ever danced to the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh my God, both oh, of you. That's probably more accurate. No, but, but yeah, probably. I, I, I just want to say, in the pale moonlight is the episode that my friend Steve said I literally need to watch with him uh, yeah. if I do oh, not no. yeah if I do not watch this with him he, he I'm in trouble I'm oh, afraid boy. I'm oh, very boy, afraid. Oh, yeah, <laughs> be afraid. I don't know whether to be afraid or excited, but he just said that it's like a phenomenal episode. I, I think he I think it was like yeah, it's the it's like the like the best episode of the of the series. So I'm wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it it is one I of if not the best episode of the series. So I'm very excited oh boy oh boy wow all right well that's definitely put uh put a lot to live up to but i'm excited yeah well as always i want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey our theme song is by captain meat shield you can check him out at cptn underscore meat shield our awesome artwork is by geo bowen we are part of the tuscan shed media network you can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com if you like this show like subscribe rate and review it any way that you can it helps new listeners discover our show until next time this is the crew of geek space nine signing off bye guys <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>